Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Revelation chapter 19 is where we're at. Last time we looked at uh, this passage of Scripture, and we're going to look at it again because we kind of uh, need to to uh, celebrate what God is doing in this passage of Scripture. This is a, a point in which we come to in which uh, there's a great celebration, a great rejoicing in heaven, and we see a, a great uh, outpouring of, of God's... Uh, uh, love to his people, and we see uh, that uh, God is is coming uh, to a a point in which everything is winding down to, or coming to a uh, a culmination of what. Uh, uh, Everyone has been looking towards. And so we see heaven's hallelujahs. We see uh, all of heaven rejoicing. And we see all of uh, humanity rejoicing at at the fact that uh, God is bringing about His purpose and His plan. And and, uh, so we come to uh, Revelation chapter 19 and we see this uh, tremendous uh, expression of, of... celebration because of the fact that uh, we're coming to a point in which uh, the uh, bride is being united with the uh, bridegroom. And remember, uh, if you, it, it's been a little while since we've studied this, so uh, let me refresh your memory. Uh, this is a scene of, of the uh, wedding uh, feast in heaven, and we see uh, a tremendous uh, 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 a scene in which God is is bringing about uh, this wedding feast in all of eternity, and and what we see. Uh, I just want to remind you of the fact that uh, the weddings are done very differently during the time of Jesus, during the time of John, who is the writer here, who's writing from the Isle of Patmos, and remember he is uh, seeing this great vision of heaven and a great vision of the end times, and uh, and so many of the things that are uh, uh, symbolic within the uh, vision in which he sees is is done in in such a manner that is uh, where he can uh, 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 understand and comprehend what they are and and where he can then convey the message of what is happening and and if you recall uh, we looked at when we looked at this last time we talked about how uh, weddings were done in three phases you had the betrothal and many times that uh, betrothal was done it was a contract between the parents and and that contract between those parents uh, oftentimes would even be between families before the child was even born and so you would say uh, you would have two families that uh, found it advantageous for their families to unite together. And so what they would do is they would say, "Okay, uh, uh, w- when we have children, we're going to bring our our son or daughter." Uh, to be uh, married to your son or daughter, and we're going to unite our families. And this is an illustration of the fact that uh, that God has predestined us from the beginning, uh, from before time ever uh, began, uh, 
uh, and God's plan for salvation for mankind. And this kind of goes along with our study of Ephesians and how uh, we talked about uh, God's plan uh, for uh, salvation began before uh, the creation of, of all the universe, before anything happened. God predestined that we would have His love, that He would uh, demonstrate His love towards us. And You say, well, uh, Pastor, how does that happen when man's not even been created? How can there be a need for a Savior before there is a sin uh, to be saved or a sinner to be saved? And you have to remind yourself that you're talking about God and God knows all things. And so before God even uh, says uh, uh, in the beginning, uh, let there be light. Before he ever says those words, he already knows that mankind is going to sin. God already knows that uh, that uh, given free will, mankind will sin and mankind will need a Savior. And so uh, uh, really, as I like to say, God's greatest act of love, God's greatest act of grace and mercy is when He said, let there be light. And when God created mankind, already knowing that we would need a Savior, already knowing that He would uh, need to send His only begotten Son to be the Savior of the world, to die on the cross for our sins, uh, to give His life as a ransom for, our, uh, for us as a result of our sins, to be the propitiation, the only sacrifice that would suffice uh, to pay the debt that we owed, the debt that we owed because of our sin. And so uh, along with this, we see in Revelation 19, we see that image of marriage and how uh, God contracted or God covenanted with mankind uh, to bring about uh, His salvation uh, began uh, before time ever began. And we see, uh, uh, and it's very similar to the betrothal that uh, that a uh, uh, two families would come together and would uh, make this covenant, this contract to unite their families through the marriage of their children. And uh, then we see uh, the preparation, the time of uh, which the, the groom would go and he would go and prepare uh, everything for the we- uh, what we consider the wedding. Uh, and the preparation is uh, uh, that time in which uh, that bridegroom would go and he would begin to build a house, build a place. And uh, this harkens to the Scripture in which Jesus says to uh, His disciples, He says, uh, uh, when He says, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, uh, go before you. And, and Thomas says, how can we follow you if we don't know where to follow you? And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And when uh, And when that uh, time is right when when I have finished preparing that uh, house for you. Uh, in my father's house are many mansions. Uh, if it were not so, I would tell you so. And and uh, he he says when uh, when I am done and when I am completed, I'm going to come and take you and to be there where I am. There you will be also. This is all uh, this is all language that is uh, very uh, s- similar or exact same as to how a husband 
would speak to his betrothed. When I, when we are to be married, I will go. Uh, before I, we are married, I will go and I will prepare a place for us. The bridegroom would go and prepare a house, and it was usually linked to the father's house. It was built onto the existing uh, family house there, and as soon as that house was complete, then that time of betrothal would come to an end, in which they would have a great feast and they would have the presentation of the bride and uh, what happens is is uh, if you recall the the parable of Jesus and he's talking about uh, 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 the five virgins who are, are wise and five virgins that are foolish and they are waiting for the bridegroom to come and take the bride and these are the virgins that are the ladies in waiting they're waiting with the the bride and and uh, they're waiting for the the bridegroom to come and it's late it's midnight and he finally comes and they say you know well hey we're not uh, we we don't have enough oil and uh, they say well hey how about giving us some of your oil and the, the wise uh, virgins say well if we give you some of our oil we won't have enough for us go go buy some for, for yourself from the merchants and come back and so they go and they buy and, and while they're gone the bridegroom comes and he takes the bride with the ladies in waiting, the virgins to go and to be uh, go to the uh, the feast, the uh, the wedding feast, and and the the five foolish virgins come, and the door's already been shut, the door's already been closed, and and they lost out, missed out, and they're knocking on the door, and and they're saying, hey, let us in, and the and the bridegroom says, uh, 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 depart, I never knew you. Uh, uh, you missed out, basically, is what he's saying, and you didn't. You weren't prepared. You were not ready for uh, the bridegroom's coming. And it's a, a parable about being ready for the coming of the of the bridegroom, the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Messiah, and uh, taking his bride, the church, to be with him. And he's talking about being prepared and ready. Uh, there's really no mention of the bride in that parable, uh, but uh, it tells us about the fact that what happens in that society is is that when the bridegroom is ready, uh, the bride is, has been prepared and, re- and made ready for the great feast. And when the feast is, is finished and ready, uh, like the other parable about the, the wedding, uh, the bridegroom goes to get the bride and he escorts her in and presents her to uh, all those who are in attendance. And many uh, scholars believe that this is seen in the book of Revelation as uh, the rapture in which God comes and gets the bride, the, uh, the church, and takes the bride to, and presents the bride to uh, the Father and to uh, those that are in heaven, the guests that are in heaven. Uh, and this is the beginning of the, bridal, uh, of the wedding feast in which the, the bride is presented. And the Bible talks about... Uh, uh, especially in uh, Revelation chapter 22 in which uh, uh, Jesus Christ presents uh, the bride of Christ as uh, spotless and without blemish. Or maybe it's here. Uh, he says, uh, let, us, uh, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him 
For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife hath made herself ready. Uh, how is this uh, making self ready? And He says, and to have... Uh, uh, and to her was granted that she should be uh, arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, uh, and fine linen in the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, uh, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is at verse 7 uh, and following. We're in verse 9 now. Uh, blessed are those are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou uh, do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brother uh, brethren that have uh, the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war, and his eyes were as a flame and a fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written uh, that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name uh, is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heavens followed him uh, upon white horses and uh, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. Now this is Jesus Christ we're talking about here. Uh, out of his mouth came uh, goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite uh, the nations, and he shall rule them with an, a rod of iron. And he... Uh, Treadeth uh, the winepresses of uh, the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God, and he hath on his uh, vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw and an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the the fowls uh, that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, uh, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of the mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the king of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken to be with a false prophet and were wrought uh, miracles before him which, uh, with which he deceived them and that had received the mark of the beast. And them that worshipped his uh, image, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, uh, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain and the sword of the of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were f uh, filled with the, their flesh I'm sorry for having such difficulty reading that but I forgot my reading glasses okay so uh what we're talking about here is the the marriage feast of the lamb it's it talks about that in verse 9 this is the marriage supper of the lamb 
And these are the things that, uh, that God is, is demonstrating to John and showing this. And what we have here, like I said, is uh, an illustration of marriage, of the betrothal, of the presentation, the presentation being of the bride. The bride uh, is the church. And then you have all the guests that are there and all those who are... Uh, you have a, a wedding feast of, of all those who are in attendance. And uh, the feast goes on until there is the actual ceremony. And the consummation is the third part. The consummation is when uh, the vows are taken and the bridegroom takes the bride uh, to live with him uh, forever afterwards. And so uh, we see uh, that uh, marriage feast in heaven is where uh, we see the uh, Jesus Christ... Uh, taking the the bride which is the church and and presenting uh the bride to uh those who are there at the feast and we see a great testimony of of God's love and what is happening he says uh in verse 7 that uh at the marriage feast of the lamb the wife have made herself ready uh how is the the church made ready for the, the wedding feast. Well, what happens when uh, we are, uh, uh, when a saint uh, passes away? Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, that, uh, that saint is uh, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. Uh, when we go and we are uh, uh, brought before God, uh, the first thing that happens is not uh, going to the uh, to the pearly gates and knocking on the pearly gates and seeing St. Peter like uh, uh, all of uh, the world wants us to think about whenever somebody passes away. Uh, but rather, uh, the Bible tells us that when, a, when someone passes away, uh, they go uh, to the uh, great white throne of judgment. And uh, the Bible tells us that... that uh, all of our actions, all the things that we've done are judged by God and what happens. All the dross, all the uh, the stubble, all the things that were not worthy are burned away and what is left? The pure, uh, refined uh, uh, gold, the, fur, uh, the refined uh, uh, brilliance of, of our righteousness is, is what remains. And this is seen in this, and it says uh, that the, uh, the bride was made ready and she was granted, uh, she was arrayed with fine linen, clean and white. This fine linen is, is a, uh, a cloth that is very uh, valuable and very precious because it is the, the best of linen uh, that is possible. Uh, and she was clothed with white. Uh, this uh, word for white there uh, is the same word that is used whenever the Bible uh, talks about angels and their clothes uh, being like lightning. That's the brilliance of, of what uh, this word white there uh, stands for. And uh, she was uh, dressed in fine linen in the righteousness of the saints, and so what we see is is this is uh, the bride that has been prepared by the righteousness of God, uh, God purifying and uh, the saints and having them ready uh, and and presenting uh, the bride of Christ spotless and blameless without. Uh, as it says in, in Revelation 22, that God presents the bride uh, without spot or blemish. 
uh, and being pure. And so we see that the Lamb, uh, the marriage of the Lamb, of course, is Jesus Christ. Uh, and he says here in verse 10, he says, I fell on my feet to worship him. Uh, now, who is he falling to his feet? This is John talking. He's saying that, that as he sees this, this uh, great display of things that are coming, uh, he, he's overwhelmed by what he sees. He's overwhelmed by uh, the vision of, of what he is witnessing. And uh, the reason he is overwhelmed is because this is the scene that every Jewish person uh, uh, up until uh, all throughout this period of time is waiting for. And this, is, of course, is, is what every uh, Christian desires as well, this time in which we come together and we're finally united with Jesus Christ. And so he's overwhelmed. He's overjoyed at what is happening. And so he falls to his feet and he worships him. Who's he worshiping? He's not worshiping Jesus because of what we read next. He... Uh, and he said unto me, See thou, do it not. I am uh, thy fellow servant. Who's speaking? It's the angel. If you go back and you follow, follow back uh, uh, accordingly and see who it is that's uh, speaking, you go all the way back to chapter 17 and you realize that it is one of the angels that has uh, the seven, one of the seven bowls of uh, of that were poured out, uh, the seven bowls of judgment. And so this angel is the one who is sharing with him and he's talking with him. And if you read uh, from chapter 17, you'll see uh, the beginning of the conversation. And this, so if you follow back, it is that one of those angels, he says, I am a fellow servant uh, and of thy brethren and uh, that have the testimony of Jesus. He says, don't worship me, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so he's saying uh, to John here, don't worship me. And this is uh, so this is a uh, message of not worshiping angels and not uh, venerating angels. And he says, don't worship me, uh, forbid it not. He says, the only basically what he's saying is the only one that you should worship is worshiping God. And this is a message that many times has happened when uh, people have uh, bowed before angels and uh, attempted to worship them. The angel says, hey, don't worship me. I am just simply a servant of God. Worship God. Worship Him. Uh, other times where uh, Peter and Paul are are out sharing the gospel, or no, Paul and Barnabas, excuse me, Paul and Barnabas are out sharing uh, the gospel and, and people fall in front of them to worship them and call them Zeus and Hermes. And uh, they say, hey, we're just men. We, you, we're sharing with you the wor- uh, for you to worship God, worship Him and Him alone. And so that's uh, similar to what is happening here. John is overwhelmed. He seeks to worship and and he uh, w- instead worships the angel and, and the angel says, don't worship me. And uh, so then we see on this in this passage of Scripture where uh, he then sees uh, this wedding feast and, and what he's seeing is uh, Jesus Christ coming with the armies of God and who are the in the armies of God? Who is it that uh, Jesus Christ is coming to uh, to take out the uh, and to destroy the armies of the earth? Uh, 
so what is happening is there's a great feast. They're in the midst of the feast. Uh, Jesus, the bridegroom, comes out on a white horse. He's finally arrayed. He has all these vestments on him. And following him is the army of God. And what uh, this army of God is, is these are all the saints who have passed on before uh, and are in the presence of Jesus Christ in heaven, and they are being taken back uh, to earth. <coughs> and, uh, and scholars believe that what this is is, is uh, not just uh, Jesus going to uh, destroy the armies of the earth, but this is also the presentation of the bride on earth. We had the presentation of the bride in heaven at uh, the Father's house. And now we have the presentation of the bride, uh, uh, the church uh, on earth, and, and Jesus Christ takes the, uh, the heavenly host with Him back to earth to uh, destroy the, the armies of the earth and to, uh, to take uh, Satan, the beast, and... and uh, the false prophet and all that, uh, the dragon, and to, and to cast them into the lake of fire, the Antichrist, and uh, to, to, to throw all those in judgment who followed after uh, the beast and uh, the Antichrist, Satan. And so what we see is, is a continuation of that celebration of presenting the bride, of, of that uh, culmination of, of, of that consummation between Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. And it is a display of the fact that the bride and the bridegroom will be inseparable, that there is, uh, that they are united together and that they will be uh, together for all eternity. And uh, so they will then return uh, back to, to heaven and uh, we have the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and uh, the uh, New Jerusalem that is uh, or, uh, in heaven, and we see uh, Jesus. Uh, we see God creating new heaven and new earth in chapter twenty-two uh, uh, later, and we and that is the culmination of the. Uh, wedding feast, the bride uh, of the Lamb, uh, the feast of the Lamb, uh, uh, the marriage feast of the Lamb. And that is uh, that period of time in which uh, we see from this point until that point the feast of the Lamb. And you say, well, that's a long period of time, a thousand year, a thousand year feast. That's a long time. Well, uh, the Bible tells us what? The Bible tells us that a thousand years is a day uh, to God in heaven. And so what we see here is, is this tremendous feast uh, that will last for a long time. But uh, to be uh, quite honest, the culmination of the coming together of the bride and the bridegroom uh, doesn't happen until uh, they are united together in the new heaven and new earth and uh, the church, the bride of Christ, lives with uh, Jesus Christ for all eternity. And, and this is a beautiful scene of a marriage, a marriage feast that is a demonstration of this uniting together. And we see throughout Scripture several places in which God uses marriage 
is an illustration of his relationship uh, with uh, with humanity. And we saw uh, this in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament in the parables uh, that I've mentioned. But in the Old Testament, we see in uh, Hosea, uh, we see the demonstration of uh, Jesus, uh, of God uh, being in a relationship with Israel as a uh, bride uh, that has lost her way. has, uh, And uh, God tells uh, Hosea to go and and to get a, a wife of harlotry, and he goes and he marries Gomer, and Gomer is a uh, in modern day uh, terms is a prostitute, and he takes her and loves her and uh, honors her and venerates her and makes her his wife, and she falls back into the habit of harlotry, and she goes out and and. Uh, goes and and sleeps with multiple men and this was to demonstrate how God feels when Israel would uh, go and worship other gods and uh, we see at the end in which Gomer has been so wrapped up in her uh, harlotry that she is naked and she is up on the block and she's being sold in slavery as a harlot and uh, Hosea sees her and he buys her back and he cleans her up and he makes her as if she is a virgin and takes her back in and reunites with her as husband and wife remarries her and that's an image of the fact that God in spite of our sin finds us in our most destitute place and is willing uh, and His grace and His mercy to buy us back through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. To buy us back in our uh, state of uncleanliness and state of destitute. And uh, through His righteousness, through His blood, He purifies us and cleanses us and makes us clean and white once again as a virgin. And uh, so that he might present his bride to Jesus Christ, uh, present the bride, the church, to Christ uh, in the end time, so that we could be together with God for all eternity, uh, together with Jesus Christ for all eternity. And we see other examples of this in other prophecies in which uh, God is trying to demonstrate and illustrate his love. For Israel in particular in the Old Testament, but as we get into the New Testament, that focus shifts to uh, the bride of Christ being the church, the, those the saints who follow after uh, Jesus Christ. So this is the image of the marriage feast of the Lamb. It is a celebration. It is a time of worship. There's no reason uh, to doubt why there are uh, hallelujahs going on throughout all of heaven it is because of the rejoicing of all that is happening, the rejoicing of God's redemption, the rejoicing of the coming of the bridegroom, the rejoicing of the bridegroom and the bride being united in the wedding feast. Uh, this celebration in heaven is uh, what we have to look forward to and what we need to, to see as, as a joyous time. And it is a time in which all are coming to, to, to see this tremendous event that is happening. Who are the guests? When you send out invitations to a, 
a wedding, do you send out invitations to the bride? No, it's usually the bride that's sending out invitations. Do you send it to the groom? No, the groom is part of the one sending out the invitations. So in heaven, uh, you have the bride that is the church. You have Jesus Christ as the bridegroom. Uh, who are the guests that are mentioned here in the Scripture that are witnessing those witnesses to the feast? Uh, well, many scholars believe that, uh, that the witnesses to the, uh, the great feast are those who came to know uh, uh, the salvation of God before Jesus Christ came uh, physically. So it would be from Abraham uh, or uh, from Abraham through uh, the time of Jesus Christ, all those who uh, were the great uh, saints of old, those who followed after God, who looked to God for salvation, even though there was not a Savior that had come to die on the cross, uh, those who, uh, whose faith was counted as uh, according to them in Hebrews 11, as the heroes of the faith, those are uh, the individuals that many scholars believe are those who uh, witness. They are not. Uh, they are not the bride because the bride is the church, but they are included in the wedding feast and they are uh, united to uh, be with uh, Jesus Christ for all eternity in the new heaven and new earth. Once we get over to chapter twenty-two, by that time we'll see the uniting of those saints. Uh, from Abraham's bosom on to uh, the the church uh, to be the bride of Christ as well. So uh, this is a tremendous time in the study of the book of Revelation. This is a culmination of all the things that we've been waiting for. We've slogged through so many judgments. We, we've gone through so much uh, death and despair and, and destruction to come now to the greatest point of all, and that is the time in which uh, Jesus is united once again uh, with the church, and we are celebrating uh, a tremendous time. Okay. Uh, that is the culmination of uh, chapter 19, and that is something that, uh, that we all look forward to, that uniting of the bride of Christ, the church, with Jesus Christ, and it's uh, that that we need to share with others. Uh, that's what the angel was saying. Uh, he says, I am uh, here to service those who are sharing uh, the gospel, those who are prophets, those who are uh, sharing the message of the testimony of Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel. Uh, we have a, a large task before us to go out and to share the gospel message uh, before it's too late, uh, before those who uh, are uh, living today are unable to give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Uh, what a terrible thing uh, to be someone who knows of the message of Jesus Christ, but has not accepted it and loses out the opportunity to have a relationship with, with God. I was speaking to someone just today uh, 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 whose father uh, suddenly died uh, this afternoon, had a heart attack, uh, didn't have heart problems, didn't have issues. Uh, it's uh, We don't know uh, what today will bring we don't we don't know what tomorrow will bring we only know 
uh, what is happening today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day in which we need to make sure that we have our relationship with Jesus Christ uh, ready and and uh, founded in our faith and our trust in Him, of giving our heart and life to Him. Today is the day for salvation. Today is the day we need to share uh, that uh, gospel message with others because we don't know what may come tomorrow. Uh, for all we know, our rights and our privileges to share the gospel, our rights to uh, worship freely uh, may suddenly uh, be taken away and stripped away. Our rights to share and to profess uh, Jesus Christ may be considered uh, to be hate speech as it is uh, has been declared in some countries not too far from here, uh, not too far from the United States. It may be that we lose the privileges that we've enjoyed for so long and so we need to be busy about sharing the message of Jesus Christ, sharing the love of Jesus Christ before it's too late. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, Lord, we praise You and we love You and we thank You for all Your many blessings. We praise You for the fact that You've given us the opportunity uh, to witness a beautiful scene in which we look forward to, the day in which You unite with the church, the, uh, unite with the bride, uh, that we would be able to spend all of eternity in worship of uh, God and worship of our Savior and Lord. Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be ready. We pray that you'd help us to share uh, to others that they might be ready as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.